Well, welcome guys. We are here yet again with a panel discussion. This is going to be a little bit different because now we're going to really get into the questions and answers, the Q&A. So before we do that, we're going to have a word of prayer. Lord, we really thank you for just this opportunity yet again to study your word and to hear what you are saying to us as your people, as your church. Um, and it's just awesome to be able to get into these questions and give solid biblical answers according to your word. It's not about um, us knowing everything, but it's about pointing to your scripture, pointing to your word and what you say about all of this, Lord. So we just pray that you will um, lead our conversation, lead yes, our discussion, Lord. have your way, Holy Spirit. Give us ears to hear what you are saying to us and to everyone that is listening. In Jesus' name, Thank you. Amen. 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 Well, this is awesome, guys. Thank Good. you, um, Brom, for everything that you have been teaching us with Revelation. I know it has been um, quite dense. Uh, and probably even more dense for you when you're studying all of this and yeah. really trying to make it, um, you know, easy enough for us to digest. So we really, really Thank appreciate you. it. And just because of the things that you've been teaching um, and the way you've been teaching uh, Revelation, it has drawn out some questions. Uh, yeah. And that's what we want to get into today. Yeah. Awesome. So without you know, belaboring the time in any way, I'm going to get straight to it. And Great. again, this is us discussing these questions. Yep. So please, Brom, tell us what's happening and how we should be reading a lot of these things. So okay. I'll start yeah. by getting to the first question. And just to give a little bit of context to the question, I'll do that first. So yeah. it says here, um, and, and again, this comes from our church, it comes from our life groups, it comes, you know, from Good. those that have been really listening and trying to digest what you have been teaching. So yeah. it's really awesome. Um, so I'll start. It says, is it possible to ask Brahm if he holds to the concept of some prophecy having multiple layers of interpretation over time? So example, one prophecy can be fulfilled several times, types and shadows with the ultimate fulfillment being by Christ and the ultimate antichrist. Yeah. And before you get into that, I'll, I'll finish. It says yeah. one John, or it continues. This person said one John chapter two, verse 18 states, mm. it is the last hour. And as you have heard that antichrist singular is coming. So now many antichrists plural have come. Hence, Nero would be one of the past type slash shadow antichrist. Yeah. Whereas Thessalonians and Revelation speak of the ultimate antichrist. Yeah. Merely saying that Nero is the beast that could fit the notion that Nero was one of the numerous past antichrists. So the question is this, Brom. Does Brom specifically teach against the notion that prophecies can have multiple layers of fulfillment? That's a very good question. Uh, the answer to that, yeah, there is yes, but it's, you can't just say, yeah, that, that is true, but you have to explain that because uh, 
whether we like it or not, there's one truth being revealed. Yeah. And so if I can say it, one truth being revealed in the context of the existence of the recipients of the writing of the prophets. Yeah. According to the, 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 the context of the situation they're in. So, uh, and it's the balance there. You don't want to go too far, but, you know, like for example, Matthew chapter 24, verse 15, uh, Jesus talked about the ab abomination and desolation in the temple. Mm. All right? Uh, <clears throat> and, uh, and he said, according, you know, as prophesied by Daniel. Okay. Now, the audience, Daniel's audience at the time when he prophesied, I think their, under, their understanding was because when he prophesied that, he was speaking of the, the uh, Hellenistic Greek Empire that's mm. coming. Yeah. All right. The guy by the name is Seleucid or whatever his name is, uh, Epiphany, Epiphany, how you pronounce that. And uh, the abomination and, and many things that he did in, in, in the desecration of the sacrifice, you know, that's like even in, within Daniel's situation, the whole worshipping of the emperor, obviously we, we know the story of Sadrach, Mesach and Abednego. Mm. You got a, an emperor who wasn't happy just being an emperor, but wanted to be worshipped. Mm -hmm. So, and... Uh, so, however, Jesus said, when Jesus talked about the abomination that's, that, that's happened, he said, as prophesied by Daniel. Now, I can interpret that as Daniel speaking in, in a situation, it's going to happen again in our situation. Okay, yeah. That's a possibility. Yeah. Because probably somewhere about 10 years after that statement Jesus made in, in Matthew 24, verse 15, mm -hmm. In Jesus' era, it's not Babylon, but it's Rome, Roman Empire. Yeah. So one of the em emperors uh, by the name of Gaius, <laughs> uh, and uh, <clears throat> he actually, Gaius Caligula, he came and he planned, he, you know, he wanted to be worshipped, so he was going to create... You're talking about the desecration in the temple, yeah. as as uh, Paul wrote in in, uh, in Thessalonians. But the Thessalonians never talk about antichrist. Mm -hmm. He talk about men of lawlessness. Mm -hmm. Yeah, same thing. Yeah, yeah. And he talk about the desecration in the temple. Men want to worship, you know, be worshipped and all that. Yeah. So, just a little bit over ten years after Jesus made that statement in Matthew chapter twenty-four. Verse 15, this guy's called Gaius Caligula. He wanted to set his image on a temple, just like uh, Nebuchadnezzar, to be worshipped. Mm -hmm. The project was cancelled because the guy was assassinated. Mm -hmm. So that could be God. <laughs> so uh, so that, that is what happened, all right? So the des desecration in the temple. Now, Paul... However, in, in Paul's time, but, but after his, his writing, actually another desecration happened in, in, uh, in, uh, in, in uh, Judea. There was a 
Judean revolt against the Roman Empire. And of course it was squashed and was pretty much destroyed, that, that, that revolt. And the people, the, the Roman soldiers who worshipped the emperor, the temple was completely destroyed. Mm. But they used the site to offer sacrifices and worship the emperor. Mm. So, in other words, I, I'm giving you three different situations yeah. of the same prophecy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, and yet, it is in the context of where they are where they're time. at at that time. Wow. Same desecration of the temple, but for Daniel, it was the Greek emperor. For Jesus, you know, like, yeah, you can see the different timing. And uh, Caligula tried to do the same thing. So I think what I'm trying to say is this. But there is prophecy or, yeah, the, the revelation. They communicate the same truth. Mm. It's like, but what the different versions is because, you know, man, man's empire come and, and go, come and go. In other words... The, the variance of evil expressed in a different way is still the same truth being communicated. Yeah, wow, 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 wow. That's, that's my understanding. Yeah, okay. Because <laughs> that, yeah. when you say that, it, it goes back to the point of, even what I'm thinking about now is what you said in the beginning of Revelation. and It's not, the, the undoing is not, I'm trying to remember how you were. What happened in the world that will destroy? Yeah. The undoing, but, but with the undoing of the church. With the undoing of the church. Yeah. So we see these different. We see these this this prophecy. Yeah. That is pretty much the same, but in different circumstances. Yeah. Historically. Yeah. But it should be the same outcome, yeah. and that is, the church needs to stand a certain yeah. way, or. Yeah. That's so the same funny. truth being communicated, yeah, but in a different uh, historical context. And either way, the warning is always—it's—it's it's, from my understanding, it seems like the warning isn't so much about getting caught up in the actual circumstances, but being aware of where the church sits amidst those circumstances, right? And and exactly. the principles that we hold on to, yeah, separate to, but in the midst of. Yeah. Whatever the context is. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter whether, um, like, another world war or mm. another empire or, like, all throughout history, whatever yeah. they, whatever, whatever, that, however the puzzle kind of fits in that context with this yeah. old prophecy, the main principle is the same throughout. Yeah. Right? That the yeah. church. Yeah. Um, and it's being aware of what the church accepts within itself as opposed yeah. to. Yeah. Either way, so it's it's kind of like this this cool notion of like yeah, it can be speaking about many different contexts throughout history, but the yeah. main the main is that right? Like the main principle mm -hmm. is just that at, at the end of the day, we actually aren't supposed to focus on them anyway because yeah. we got to mm -hmm. focus what we uh, what our purpose is as a church. Yeah, remain true as God's people. Yeah, that's pretty much the message. So not being too swayed by the yeah. present circumstance that we may find ourselves yeah, in yeah and and yeah and kind of looking at that as oh we have to respond this way now yeah but the response is already there like it's yeah. the truth is still the truth yeah 
Because see, if you look at it, on a different situation, it's still the same encouragement, you know, to be who we are as God's people. Yeah. So, Would you say it's fair then to draw a parallel between, say, the two witnesses and how they were treated and, like, the kind of imagery of that and the treatment by Rome, was it? Yeah. Um, and that basically it's like we can find so many different ways that that can a- apply to the church, but at the end of the day, whatever it is, we've got to act the same way. Which That's is right. Loving our lives. Um, loving not our lives even until that's death. That's right. I'm, gr- I'm glad you got it right. <laughs> loving not our that's lives. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. See that to me, that just simplifies it. Simplifies yeah. the whole thing. It, it cuts yeah. through all of you know what people tend to interpret. Yeah. Especially with Revelation, it actually yeah. makes Revelation a lot easier yeah. to read because we're focused on that one simple. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. the thought that comes to my mind as well, Brahm, is that when John is writing. He mentions Babylon, but we yeah. know he's talking about That's Rome. Right. Yeah. But could that mean that he says Babylon to kind of, you know, the people, the churches that he's writing to, to make them remember, hey, this happened. Re- remember how it was in yeah. Babylon. Don't be too shaken yeah. by what you're seeing now. Yeah. Even though this is not Babylon, but it's almost like remember this yeah. and remember how they stood. Like, could, could yeah. it be seen? Yeah, yeah, as if to imply that just like what happened in Babylon, it happens now. Yeah. yeah. The yeah. whole emperor worship, like, you know, you know, like you can see the, the parallel there. Yeah. It's like, that's pretty much what it is. Yeah. And also the, the question, that, the one point in the question, in, there are many things, aspects in that question, is that uh, the question referring to Nero as the, the the past antichrist and the and also the ultimate antichrist. See that that question. Uh, while there is antichrist, actually John, who who wrote the book of Revelation, also wrote in his epistles about there are many antichrists. Mm-hmm. Okay, and as a matter of fact, in in uh, in First uh, uh, John chapter two verse eighteen, he said. In the last hour, there are going to be many antichrists. And he even said, any spirit that doesn't confess Jesus as the Christ is the antichrist. So in other words, I can go as far as the Jews who crucified Jesus. That's the spirit of antichrist right there because <laughs> they didn't yeah. not just ag- not acknowledge Jesus, they, they nailed him to the cross. Like. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> So, so it's actually not about one no, no. person per se. Anyone who does not acknowledge Jesus as the Christ is the Antichrist. Right? So like, yeah. that's why he said there are many Antichrists. So wow. I think that question, for some reason, I, I could be wrong, but I, I feel like it's got that that tone of that left behind sort of thing like you know this the antichrist yeah well yeah because that seems to be at least in my mind yeah as as i've seen it growing up and with with that series but also with so many things playing into it's like when you think of the antichrist in my mind i would always think of oh watch out for this person yeah, yeah, yeah. represent this and I'm yeah. constantly focused on what that person yeah. is going to look like Yeah. but the scripture like you just pointed out 
whatever spirit says that Jesus is That's not right. the Christ yeah. is the Antichrist. Yeah. Yeah. This, it makes it a lot yeah. easier to see. This is the John who wrote the book of Revelation. He wrote that. <laughs> yeah. Wow. All right. Yeah. Um, That's, um, yeah, First John chapter 4, verse 2, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. The next question, which maybe we've responded to, but might be good to reiterate, I don't know. But yeah. it says, is, is Brom teaching that the book of Revelation has only one and not multiple fulfillments over thousands of years? Say it again, say it again. Is, is Brom teaching that the book of Revelation has only one fulfillment and not multiple fulfillments over thousands of years? Uh, let me answer it in this way. I've said it before, I'll say it again. The book of Revelation is an epistle of John to the seven churches. Yeah. Okay? The reason it is called the book of Revelation, and in Greek word is apocalypse, is because it is within that genre of literature. And the purpose, when that, that, that kind of writing, style of writing happened, like in Daniel's situation, Ezekiel's situation, even Zechariah, is when, when evil seems to have the upper hand. So they start to write this type of uh, literature to the people of God to encourage them to remain faithful. Now in that writing, the the injection of, of, of hope is, you know, to encourage them to remain faithful is they always present the ultimate end or the ultimate future mm. as a backdrop. Yeah. As you say, God has the last word. Yeah. Right. Obviously, John, it's like, it's the clearest because of everything being in Christ. All right. And as far as the progressive revelation, like I said before, most of the things in the Bible is just repeated same truth, saying it in a different way, depending on the context of historical context where they exist. Now, as far as the literally progressive revelation, the revelation of Jesus is a progressive because it was as the sacrificial lamb of, you know, of God was revealed in in Exodus, but the the ultimate fulfillment was on the cross. So that's kind of that's when you talk about progressive revelation. Yeah. The Lamb and you know, so yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Like for like we, we can talk about that later on, even progressive revelation. I I'll give you an example, which we're gonna do it in in our last sermon. Like what happened in Genesis, okay? The relationship between Jesus, uh, between God and, and, and Adam and Eve. What happened? The intimacy has its ultimate projection to the end of the book of Revelation. Mm. What started as heaven and earth, in the beginning God created heaven and earth, ended with new heaven and new earth. You know, mm. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. you see the language? Yeah. And then, Okay, men fall into the, in, you know, and, and, uh, and a big move to Exodus where the expression in Exodus as, 
You are my chosen people, Exodus 19, verse 6. You are my chosen people, my, my uh, holy, uh, holy priesthood, all that. Yeah. In Revelation, Jesus said to the, some, one of the churches, if you are faithful, you will be my holy priesthood. Like, you know, I will... Yeah. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, in chapter 1, he was like, he is, he's, God is creating a, a nation of priests. So, you know, so you can see that. Mm. And, uh, yeah, that's when you know that, that is a progressive revelation. Yeah, gotcha. And yeah, at the same time, it's still the same truth. Yeah. Which is that, yeah. that right there is yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> the truth has not changed. It's nah. just more layers have come yeah. off and you yeah. see it. Yeah, and also if it was like a new generation, so you know, so that so as to remind them, okay, this is what was told to your ancestors, just so that you don't forget. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. So I wonder if with that question specifically, there was a specific, uh, I guess, thinking around the the. Um, like the the seven scrolls and the seven trumpets. Seven yeah, bowls. yeah, yeah. Like I wonder if that was, if that specific kind of area, because I know a lot of people sort of think about that and they, and as you've, you've already sort of addressed it, how like um, people look for that context where we are and try mm -hmm. to apply those things as if they're happening mm -hmm. in different whatever. So what do you, what do you say to that idea that, that those that imagery and those prophecies, those specific ones, like talking about the judgment day and the yeah, seven, yeah, yeah. seven stages, and the, there being multiple versions of that throughout history. Yeah. What do you think of that kind of idea? I don't know if this. I'm not necessarily saying this person's asking that, but I I know that that is a thought that people mm -hmm. have had. Yeah. And might have. So where where you go where where you where you. What, what, what's the point here? Basically looking at like um, uh, parallels of what those those seven stages were and trying mm. to apply them to what's going on okay. throughout history. Yeah, that's, that's, it, it is interesting because uh, the, the imagery there, uh, as if to communicate, like, like I said before in, throughout the, the series, the presentation of judgment is just to to show them that yeah, judgment is God's God's God, the reason for judgment is God God's trying to get people's attention mm. to repentance. I mean that's the whole thing, mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so that they can be restored. That's the whole point. Yeah, and the interesting thing is that the the, the judgments that the imagery of the judgments that that, that, that were presented. Many of them are actually Egyptian judgment, like blood turning into water and mm. you know darkness. Yeah, the plagues. And, yeah, yeah, the plagues. Yeah, many of the plagues. It's it's a present once again. It's a presentation of the truth concerning God's judgment and and He's looking for people to repent. But in that presentation, it, it what's the, the saddest part of the presentation is that people didn't repent. Yeah. And you notice in that, even in that presentation of judgment, it's still, okay, this is the judgment of God. And then he gave the, the ultimate end of the people. People cried out for, for uh, the mountains to fall on them. And yet 
contrast to that about the presence of God uh, you know the 144,000 which depicts a representation of the numerous or numberless multitude yeah. before the presence of God so as if John is trying to communicate this is the judgment of God but this is what God was for humanity yeah. is being in his presence yeah. mm. so that's my, my thing is like now it's a big question because people ask uh, is uh, is there so it's almost like it's judgmental like so every uh, natural disaster is that is that the, the God's judgment no not necessarily but one thing for certain though after the fall of man whole creation is out of order you know what was perfect so in other words is, is it God's judgment well that's the result of sin yeah. Because what used to be, like that's why God said you're gonna work hard. You know, you told the ground and might produce, might not produce. So you know, like, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Anyway, it's it's hard to explain everything. But kind of the, I guess the the point is it sort of goes back to what you were saying before. The, that, sorry, but so the uh, disorder of of creation is judgment. Yeah, is the yeah. part of, yeah. it's part yeah. of the judgment from the beginning. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And on top of that. It, kind of what you were saying before at the end of the day whether you can try and justify certain parallels or not really the whole point is again that our response should always be the same and our response is always awesome. as a church to be humble and and that's bolstered by the fact that it was the two witnesses that died and laid down and that's where the repentance mm -hmm. of the masses came yeah so even if we might acknowledge even if, if even if we want to believe that certain natural disasters have led to a, a whatever a God's judgment or not, like it's the whole point is that at the core of it, it is just the natural order is out of order, and yeah. that's that's the thing. Um, and regardless of that whole argument, the whole point is that we shouldn't focus on it because as a church, yeah. our point is that in the midst of all of that, we need to live a life of humility to the point where we're that's preaching, right. holding the scroll in our mouth. And in our stomach, digesting it, and then lying down in humility, because that is ultimately what is going to help lead people mm. to God. Yeah. And so, whether whether specific instances or the whole thing is God's judgment, that's it's almost like that is we just leave that to God mm. because yeah. we don't need yes. to worry about that because our response, regardless, yeah. should always be is only ever one thing, yeah. and that yeah. is. To not have insight about anything, but to actually just preach the word and live humility. Yeah. Yeah. With humility. Yeah, that's right. Which yeah, which yeah. And also, we can't escape the biblical record of the flood of Noah. What? Yeah. yeah. That's God's judgment. Not only that, in in the story of David, while he was a king, there was famine. And God reminded David, the reason for the famine is because Saul destroyed the Gibeonites. I mean, I don't know where the, uh, where the reference is. Because Saul killed many of the Gibeonites who had a covenant with Israel. Because, you know, in, in Exodus they came to yeah, Israel. Yeah, yeah, and God yeah. said, Saul broke that covenant. So here's the thing. Gibeonites are not covenant people. But because they only made a covenant, Israel committed themselves before God to look after them so Saul later on this is like how many years <laughs> destroyed them God, God respected that covenant like mm. in other words God's not just looking after Israel but 
hey, you better promise me these people, you better look yeah. after wow. them. Yeah. Wow. And there was famine, and then David had to, had to fix that. And the famine stopped. So, so, you know, when we talk about judgment, it's like, no, 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 God is so kind, even to the Gibeonite who were, who were yeah, not his people. Yeah. Who were not his people. He, he cared for them. Yeah. yeah. Like, isn't that amazing? And he so God judged his people. Yeah. Yeah. For not respecting. People for not yeah. respecting the covenant that yeah. they came into. So that That's it would right. lead them to repentance. Yeah. So that it would leave yeah. David. Okay, and then Dave. the famine stopped. Yeah. That is phenomenal. <laughs> because it, it, again, for me, and I think for others that as we continue to expound in Revelation and really explore it, it, it's helping us take our minds and our eyes off of these big words that we're reading and these, you know, the judgment and yeah. the wrath and all of these yeah. things that makes God seem to be on the surface so bad. Yeah. Whereas we're starting to focus on the simple part, which yeah. is it's all to bring his people back to him. Yeah. It's all to give his people a chance to repent. Yeah. Mm. That's what actually, like Josh was saying, it's about living in yeah. humility. It's about yeah. repenting mm. when you need to. Yeah. It's about coming to that realization yeah. of you are his people. And therefore, yeah. if if you've missed it or if whatever the case may be, the judgment is actually to show us how much he loves us and yeah. bring us back to that place. Because yeah. he's giving us that opportunity to repent. Yeah. That's for me. That's where the simplicity is. Yeah. It's like that never changes throughout yeah. the word throughout life like that part never yeah. changes now here's the thing okay i mean when we talk about these things came to my head all right so jeremiah talked about pretty much say you're gonna be to the israel you're gonna be deported to babylon and in chapter 29, he said, but when you're there, you talk about while they're in the judgment of God because of their disobedience. What did God say? Pray for the well-being of the city. Yeah. That's how significant mm. the people of God is. Yeah. 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 It's like who we are is very significant to God. God said, because its well-being will, will come to you. Okay. Yeah. That's one, one, one thing. And then another thing in... Uh, uh, is that First Chronicle seven fourteen? I think I believe where it says, "If my people," well, this is in the context, yeah. in the context of the turmoils going on, the drought and all, you know. Mm -hmm. If my people will humble themselves and cry out to me, I will heal their land. Okay. In other words, if anything happens in us in us in Australia, whatever chaos thing. God's going to look to his people to intercede for the nation. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's not looking for some perfect system to fix the thing. He, look, he looks to his people. If my people will humble themselves, there you go. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. Anyway. Wow. It's awesome. Brom, this is awesome. <laughs> and, and believe it or not, we've we've already reached the time <laughs> of of being able to have our yeah. first q a seriously we we do have more questions and we even want to encourage more of our listeners and more of those melbourne life life groups 
to send more questions, especially off of this, because we will have more Q and A. We have to. This this is mm. this is incredible. Um, but as of now, we're going to stop, and we're going to do this again very soon. Stay tuned. Um, but I'm just going to pray, and yeah. and, and we'll. We'll sit back Aren't you glad to be God's people, though? Yes. That's the significant yes. of being yeah. God's people. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Awesome questions, guys. Great discussion, and we will continue. Lord, we just thank you for this moment. This is so incredible to understand that we are your people and, and just what you've uh, mandated us to be and what you've given us responsibility to and for Lord. So we thank you for this moment and we just pray that everyone that is listening will hear what you are saying. In Jesus' name, amen. Worship team, take it away. <laughs>